Ezekiel 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophecy upon these bones, and say unto him, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, Prophecy unto the wind, Prophecy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, whole breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried, and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves, and shall put my Spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord." Ezekiel was a as was a man who had many visions, and um, you can start out even the beginning of his writing. It, um, I believe he was probably about thirty years old. He refers to the thirtieth year, uh, but you can see in the beginning he sees visions, and and he sees the spirit of God begin to move upon his people, and and he even sees one of the uh, one of the strangest, most profound things. And one of the saddest things that he ever saw uh, was exactly what I just said unto you, uh, that in a hundred years' time, if we're not careful, any Bible-believing church uh, could, be, uh, could still be in existence, but not really practicing the truth, or maybe gone altogether. Uh, what do you mean by that? Uh, I mean, Ezekiel saw the glory of God lift up off of the temple. He saw the glory of God and the power of God begin to leave his people, and that grieved him at his heart. And I would say today that in my lifetime we saw a bit of that. We saw a bit of the power of God begin to lift up, and 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 not because that God has changed, but because I'm afraid we've come down to the place and time and the place that we occupy that we no longer hunger. 
for the Spirit of God. We, uh, we are scheduled to start revival tonight. I pray that it starts right now in our hearts. I, I pray that it's already begun to start in some of you. I pray that there's a, uh, that there's a desire you see before. Uh, before that uh, God will send a true revival, uh, we must be revived to His Word. I believe that with all my heart. It, it must have a preeminence and a place in our life. The Word of God uh, must be read, it must be studied, it must be preached, it must be taught. Uh, and if those things happen, I certainly believe God will bless His own and bless His people. But, uh, but Ezekiel had strange visions. Uh, and in this one, it was probably the strangest of them all uh, that the Spirit of the Lord carried him out into a valley. And you just imagine yourself. I, I know that we live in a culture that Hollywood uh, celebrates the, uh, the supernatural and things of that nature. And so, uh, so you can imagine if they were to make a movie and you just see a man set in a valley uh, uh, full of bones and they were very dry and these bones were scattered upon the face of the earth uh, and those bones I think you could uh, you could take two or three different representations of exactly what this means uh, uh, I believe first of all that uh, that uh, that we've seen part of this fulfilled some of you have seen it fulfilled in your lifetime and I realize not everybody agrees with me uh, but uh, uh, but first of all that's okay uh, first of all uh, it was a time that uh, that Ezekiel had watched as he listened to Jeremiah as he listened to the prophets that God sent to warn Israel and to warn Judah uh, the ten northern tribes tribes of the kingdom of Israel were carried away by Syria and then Babylon came for the two southern tribes and as, as Ezekiel no doubt heard Jeremiah prophesying uh, of this Babylon uh, this, uh, this kingdom of, uh, of Chaldeans that would come uh, I believe Ezekiel took notice of that uh, and so Ezekiel was mindful of all of these things but, uh, but he, he witnessed the, uh, his own people getting carried off uh, and they just left the poorest of the land behind and Ezekiel I think was probably one of those that uh, that were left behind but at any rate uh, he saw this valley uh, and he said this is the whole house of Israel and Judah he said they're scattered upon the face of the earth and he said but the time's going to come when God will draw them up out of their graves and place them back into their homeland now you have to uh, consider the time in which he said this there, there was no hope that Israel should ever be again. Uh, their people had been carried off. They had been defeated. Uh, they had been soundly defeated. Uh, the power and the glory of God had departed from them. And they simply had no hope at all. Uh, but Ezekiel was telling them uh, that God is still able uh, to raise up a nation. And he called out to those uh, to Ezekiel. And he said, Ezekiel, look about at all of these bones scattered about you. Ezekiel said, He calls me to pass through them. He waded through bones probably knee deep and they were scattered and they were very dry and there wasn't any hope in bones. If you were to come across a, 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 an accident on the side of the road and, and, and a person still had uh, still looked like a human, uh, you'd probably go try to save them. Uh, call the ambulance if you know CPR. You'd probably do that. Uh, but if you were to come up on a skeleton uh, you would say that's beyond anybody 
somebody's help, uh, there's no man that can help them now. And that's the kind of, uh, that's, that's the situation that this nation was in. Uh, and you see how uh, they stayed like that for a long time until God uh, in His mercy, how uh, you see for there to be a Jesus, there had to be an Israel uh, because He was to come of the house and lineage of David. There had to be a people set aside in order for the prophecy to be fulfilled. Uh, and then we saw it again. Some of you in your lifetime in 1948, Israel that hadn't been on a map in ages and in 2,000 years. And I fully believe the reason why God allowed that to happen to the apple of His eye was what they did and they rejected His Son while He was here on this earth. And so for 2,000 years, they had no place to call their home. But May 14, 1948, the declaration was made and that Israel was once again a nation. I think that's part of this that's been fulfilled. That God said, I'll drag you up out of your grave bring you to this homeland uh, and uh, the, the population of the Jews in Israel has has uh, has skyrocketed since then. There's been talks. Uh, I know a guy who worked with a man that uh, said he just had a desire. Uh, he was a Jew. And he said, I've just got a desire lately to go back to the home country. And so I believe that God was bringing this all to pass. And you could certainly look at it. I think first of all, that's what the Scripture even indicates that it means. But uh, you can also also look at it from another angle and say it represents the resurrection that's going to take place one day after a while. Uh, when the Bible declares there's coming a time uh, when the graves shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they will come forth out of their graves to a resurrection either to life or to damnation. You can make that argument, sure. Uh, but there's one thing I want to look at. And that's the argument of a sinner lost and separated from God. Uh, there's one instance I want to look at uh, when a sinner is lost and separated from God. Listen to me. Children, you listen to me right now. It's, uh, it's hard sometimes to preach. It really is. I enjoy it. God called me into this ministry, counting me faithful and, and calling me to preach. And uh, Paul said, Woe is unto me if I preach not the Gospel. But it's not always easy. And there are times you, uh, you pour your heart out into it uh, and nothing happens and, and nobody's saved and you, uh, you, Satan begins to work in you uh, and you begin to see how helpless you really are. I'm not in any delusions this morning. Uh, realizing, no, I can study. Uh, I can pray. Uh, I can weep. Uh, I can cry. I can talk to God. Uh, I can try to preach. Uh, I can preach a doctrinal message. Uh, I can preach the truth of God. Uh, but you know what? If I did all of those things, it would be of no profit except the Spirit of God would open your heart. It would not do any good. And I'm afraid that's where we're at. I'm afraid in our generation that's the time. Have you seen Hosea talk to the time or Amos talk to the time? He said there's coming a time of a famine on earth. And he said it's not going to be a famine of bread or of water but of hearing of the Word of God. And so today as Ezekiel was down in that valley full of bones God spoke to him and he asked him a question. He said Ezekiel can these bones live? I'm going to be honest with you. 
I wish some of you children that are here this morning, I got to count the other day, I just praying and I come up with about 20 that are either saved and never told it, or lost as a goose, or are not yet lost, but at that age where it could happen at any time, maybe even at 20 people, in this church alone, 20 people. And you know, the time has come. I realize when you're young, you want to come to church, see your friends and have fun. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that. We want you to come. We want you to make friends. That's what we're having these youth events for. So you have allies. But can I be honest with you? When God reveals unto you the first time that you're lost and separated from God, the time of playing in the house of God it's finished. It's over at that point. It really is. It should be. And you shouldn't be concerned about trivial things. And you shouldn't be concerned about playing around. How when God makes His presence known, the time of play is done. It's time to get serious. It's time to get to the heart of this matter. And some of you have not yet come to yourself in that way. And maybe God has not yet revealed that unto you. He said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Now anybody with half a brain speaking naturally would have said they're bones. Of course they can't live. They're dead men. They're dried up. There's not any moisture left. They're just dry bones. There's no way they can live. Can I be honest with you today, sinner friend? If you are here and lost without God, you are as dead on the inside as those bones were on the outside. There is no life in you. None. You are apart from life. Apart from good. Apart from God. Apart from everything that's good and holy. Now church, can I talk to you? I've had some of you tell me in the past years, leading up to revival, Brother Benji, I know exactly what's going to happen. We're going to come in and sing a few songs. The preacher's going to preach. Two or three's going to go to the altar and they're not going to get satisfied. They'll stay there till midnight, not get satisfied and go home and rinse and repeat. Shame on you. Shame. I'm telling you, we're selling out the power of God. He can talk to those bones. And cause them to live. But some of you think it's a lost cause. That there is no hope within those dry bones. That our lost are going to remain lost until the Lord comes back. I hope none of you feel that way in your soul. Let me tell you something. There's going to come a day that we're going to have to give an account before God. I'm going to have to stand and tell Him and give an account of what I preached Ezekiel, as silly as it might have been, he was told to talk and to prophesy to these bones. He was told to preach and to teach to these bones. How can I be honest with you this morning when the man of God stands behind this bookboard and begins to preach to a lost and dying world? That's exactly what we're doing. I'm preaching to a bunch of dead people wanting life to come into them. And so this morning, uh, we're concerned about you. Uh, we don't want you to die, as Danny said. Uh, we don't want you to die lost. Uh, uh, there is a place called uh, hell. Uh, and Jesus gave that place the description when He said it's hell fire. We don't want you to go there. 
But there's more to it than that. Jesus Christ came to give you life. To give you a good life. To give you an abundant life. To give you a joyous life. And you are spurning that gift by turning Him away. We want you to be saved. We want you to experience the joy. But as I said before, Ezekiel prophesied. And you know what he said? He said there a shaking started to take place. I've thought about that one word all week. About a shaking. And I've thought within my soul, you know what, this church, you know what you lost. You know what the saved and the lost both probably need today. We need a shaking from God. We need a shaking like well, not been in my lifetime. We need a shaking. Now, when I was a kid growing up, the man of God would have power and not just the man of God. The church had power. Lost sinners would come in. I saw them tremble under the sound of the gospel. I saw them tremble. I saw their knees smite one against another. I've seen their uh, knuckles turn wide in the pew in front of them. The church had power. And when that power went out, the Holy Ghost, see, that's, that's what I said, Ezekiel prophecy. He preached, and he said, a shaking, I pray for a shaking this week. And the Scripture says in the book of Haggai that there's coming a day, chapter 2 and verse 6, he said, I will not only shake the earth, I will shake the heavens also. There is a shaking coming to this earth. He said, hey God, I will shake the nations one more time. We need a shaking in America. And let's head missionary Baptist church, we need a shaking from above. What do you mean by that? I mean we need to stop pretending that we need sinners to get serious. That we need to realize that every time we come in and we leave and they're still lost, that they are going out into a world of danger and peril awaits them. And destruction awaits their soul except their saved. But what can we do? And you see the Calvinists believe God will save them whether they want it or not. I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a minute. I believe it's incumbent upon a man when you hear a gospel message and when God deals with your heart that you must repent and be saved. You must be born again. You can't get away from that. That's what the Lord said. He said you must be born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into the womb? No. But when God reveals to you that you're separated, that there's a something on the inside that just don't feel right, something on the inside that's lost and missing, something on the inside that lets you know if you died lost without God right now, you'd be hell bound. You see, it's nothing. I can't preach hell hot enough. I can't preach the love of God. I can't preach the cross of Christ with enough compassion. It would do me or you no good except the Holy Ghost reveals that in your soul. And so we need a shaking. We need a shaking because I cannot shake you. This church cannot shake you. Brother Marty and Brother Ethan cannot shake you. But there is one that can and His name is Jesus. And His title is Christ. And He's Lord in glory. And He's coming back for His children one day. 
I got to thinking this morning. We've got a lot of trips coming up. We're going to North Carolina in a few weeks. A few weeks after that, we're going to Indianapolis to help in the revival up there. A few weeks after that, we've got a 25th anniversary vacation planned. And anything could happen. While I'm on any one of those trips, it could even happen when I'm close by. Something could happen, and my time could be coming gone. What? What would it have valued? I'll stand before God one day, and and I I know I won't be able to say many came because I preach, and that's not my concern this morning. But there is one thing I pray He'll be able to say to me, and that's you were faithful. You were faithful to preach what I had you to preach, and so if a man is faithful to do that, we must trust God, and that's not just the preachers. You as members, you as born-again believers, if you've not yet been baptized, you need to do that. You need to consider doing that. For He loved you so much that He saved you. You can do that for Him. But at any rate, at any rate, these lost, they need a shaking. And I'm not able to do it. I've tried. I've tried preaching hellfire. I've tried preaching love. Nothing gets through. So pray. Help me to pray this week that the power of God would fall and begin to shake this place. One more time. We need that. There was a time in the history of the Jews how where people would stand beside the pool of Bethesda and because at any moment, and they didn't know when it had happened, but at any moment in time, an angel would come down and trouble the waters. John chapter 5. And once the angel stirred the waters, there was healing there. I'm telling you, we need a shaking from above. There'll be no healing without a stirring. There'll be no healing. There'll be no saving unless there's first a shaking. I remember when God revealed to me I was lost. You talk about a shaking. I was shook from head to toe. How my world was rocking and reeling to and fro realizing I was lost. The time for games was over. Had to get serious about that. Uh, the night that I got saved, I've heard it said, I went further with God than I ever went before. He shook me that night as if to say it's now or never. I was shook that night. And in desperation, I cried out to one that was far bigger than me. And bless your heart, he heard my cry. And he'll hear yours. But the Holy Ghost has to convict you. Has to open up your heart. Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel didn't say, no, they can't. He said, I don't know, God, but you do. You do. God knows who He intends to save in this place right now. I have no idea. It's not for me to know. It's beyond it's such knowledge. The psalmist said, it's too wonderful for me. But I pray that every, every soul in the sound of my voice Get saved before you die. Amen. But I would say in order for you to get saved, the time of playing is over. You have to get serious about this. You have to realize it is life or death. You have to, do you realize today how what exactly has to happen for you to get saved? And that the Holy Ghost is working and you can't see, but He's working behind the scenes. The church of the living God here in Lafayette, do you realize today it's not my preaching that'll save them? It's not your testimonies that'll save them. God doesn't need us to do that, but He chose for that to be the way. Amen. That they get saved.
through the power of your voice, through the power of a message, through the power of a song, uh, through, the, through the spirit of preaching, uh, through the spirit of testimony, through the spirit of prophecy. Our hope, they said, is dried. And our hope is lost. There's all kinds of places in the Scripture that points to men lost and separated from God whose hope was gone. The thief on the cross had exhausted every chance he ever had. Except the last one. The last one right before he died. He cried out in faith. And not knowing anything about this Jesus of Nazareth. Except what he had saw. And when he saw Jesus asking forgiveness. I believe that stirred his heart. I believe that shook that thief. You see the Bible says in one gospel account. That both thieves railed on him. That when he was crucified. When Jesus was crucified. Both thieves railed on him. Both of them did that. Both of them blasphemed and accused him. But while they were hanging there, something began to happen. One thief still railed. But one thief, the Holy Ghost had opened his heart and said, look upon this man. He is my son. The Holy Ghost revealed that to him. The Holy Ghost through probably the prayer of one right next to him. When he prayed, Father, forgive them. Let this cup pass from them. That had a sermon in it. And so the one sees the Holy Ghost had done exactly what he did to those bones. Ezekiel said, I saw those bones come together. And listen, I saw you run to this altar. I saw you bow. I saw you cry. I saw you weave. I saw you try to get saved. But if you've not got saved yet, why have you gave up? You see, Ezekiel said, I saw the bones come together. The sinews came. The tendons came. The flesh came. The rattling came. The shaking came. The bones came together. They were still dead until he prophesied to the wind and the breath to breathe upon these that they may live. That is my prayer this week. That the Holy Ghost would breathe. I've saw Him repent. I've saw Him come. I've saw Him try. And my prayer this week is they have came together. They've experienced the shaking. And they are alert unto the fact that you're lost. But if you're not saved... You're still a bone. You're still a skeleton. There is no life yet in you. And so my prayer this week is that the Holy Ghost would begin to fall and shake this place. I want to hear people testify that I've never heard before. You say, preacher, that ain't going to happen. I'm telling you, when God begins to shake a man and shake a place, there is nothing that can happen. You hear testimonies you never thought you'd heard in your life. People that have been saved and don't come to church. Uh, you know, there's people in our role I've never met and I've been here four years. And God could get a hold of them, uh, pray for them. He would bring them back. They're not too far gone. There has to be a shaking. And so I've saw the shaking. Bones came together, flesh came. But Ezekiel then prayed. God said, Now prophecy unto the wind. And as silly as that might have sounded, I can't command the wind. 
Our scientists as brilliant as they are. We can't create the wind. What is the wind? The Scripture said the wind is like the Spirit of God. Man cannot tell from whence it cometh or whether it goeth. But like a sailor out on the sea, I can't create the wind. But you know what those sailors have? They have the knowledge and the experience. They've got every kind of sail in their dock. They've got every kind of sail in their toolbox. That no matter what type of wind God would send them, they can unfurl the right one and get to where they're going by His wind. And so, you have sails that I don't have. I don't have that to unfurl. You've had different experiences in your life than I've had in mine. I've got some to unfurl of loneliness and anger and pain and frustration. I can comfort those who are in need of that. But there are some things I cannot. I don't have that sail, but you do. So when God sends that wind, you unfurl yourself and you begin to sail the sea. You begin to prophesy. And let's beg the wind. Beg the Spirit. You know you can grieve and I can grieve. We as God's people and a sinner can grieve the Spirit of God. Yes, sir. Sure can. It's our job to preach, to sing, to teach, to testify. And in doing that, we trust. We trust the whole time that we're, we're preaching. We're also praying. I don't know if you know this, but a man of God, at least any that I would have any confidence at all in, would never, ever, ever, ever set foot up here without a prayer without a word, and without saying, Lord, help me. I can't command the wind. But my prayer is this week, as the messages ring out, as the testimonies water the Word, that the Spirit would come in like a rushing mighty wind and begin to shake things up. Lost sinner, if it's been a while... You need a shaking from above. God needs to rattle you like He's never rattled you before. You need to wake up. Time of playing is over. It's time to be saved. It's time for revival, church. If we've been playing at this, the time of our playing is done. It's time for revival. It's time to cry out to the Spirit of God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and Ezekiel said, I prophesy, and the breath came, and they stood upon their feet as a mighty army. When God saves their children, they will stand up a mighty army and be able to go out and fight the devils in this land. They can't do that if they're lost. They can't do that if they're skeletons. They can't do that if they're dead. They must be alive to be in the army. So my prayer this week is God will shake and rattle and save. Twenty, I counted. And there could be more than that. That's just off the top of my twenty. Do you realize twenty? You realize what you realize what an impact twenty souls saved and have? But I'm looking for one. One. If God's dealing with you right now. As we stand and sing, would you come? The time of your playing is over. I'm sorry.
I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to get you to realize that if God has let you know that you need to be saved, He's done His part. And except you repent, you will perish. And you can play your way all the way to hell. Come ahead as we sing. Page number 202.